teachings of Jesus, but Jesus is not the Son of God. Mm -hmm. So there's a big difference in the definition. Now, when it comes to masonry, what we have today in masonry is called speculative masonry. It was birthed out of the old guilds in 1650 through 1680. The actual operative masons were those that laid stone. As they had declining guild memberships, they started inviting in non-workers to their uh, to their guild meetings. And by 1690 to 1700, the guilds were dead. But those that had been going to the meetings enjoyed what they were learning about stone masonry. So in 1717, at the Goose and Gridiron Tavern in London, they formed the first what was called Speculative Masonry Lodge. And in that, they said, you know, we've learned a lot from these stonemasons. Let's just keep this thing going. And so they took all the tools of the craft, the level, the plumb bob, everything else, and they made a lesson out of it. They said the level teaches us to treat each other with equality. The plumb bob teaches us to judge our life. Is it upright? Is it? And it goes through. And so 1737, Reverend Charles Anderson took the charges of masonry and translated over into moral lessons. Ben Franklin brought that to America. And at this point, there are no religious teachings, period, associated with masonry at all. Franklin brings it to America, starts lodges here, and they start these moral teachings of this is how we should treat each other, this is how we should judge ourselves, etc. Then by about 1800, you had the first indication that oath started coming in, about 1810, 1815. And in 1820, Captain William Morgan of Batavia was actually killed for threatening to expose the oaths. And that led to the birth of the anti-Mason party, which was a political party in America. William Wirt ran as its candidate. They only carried the state of Vermont. Andrew Jackson was elected president at that time. Now, it was not until 1840, 1850, that Albert P Mackey and Albert P Pike brought in the religious teachings and the structure of masonry that we abhor today, the Scottish Rite teachings. Uh, Albert Pike is the, the father of the Scottish Rite. He's the one that wrote all the degrees and all the teachings. And that is nearly 20 years after the Founding Fathers were dead. At the time of the Founding Fathers, there were two requirements to be a Mason. Number one, you believe in God. Number two, you believe in helping the poor. None of the anti-Christ teachings that are, that are so present in Masonic writings today. And so to say that because the, the Founding Fathers were Masons, they were not Christian, is to compare apples with oranges. You have to understand the development of Masonry, when the teachings appeared, who were the fathers of those teachings, and we have this, again, documented from their own works. I've got Masonic works starting from the 1780s going up through the 1900s, and you can see the evolution of masonry and when each teaching was introduced. David Barton is our guest. And but the very key thing to these secret societies is, they try, is the difference between Satan and Lucifer. They try to convince their members that Lucifer is a real thing. Now, if we read the Bible, we know Lucifer doesn't exist anymore. He was God's greatest angel one time, but when he fell, he became Satan, period. Exactly. Now, what Satan's job now on earth is to convince everybody that he's really Lucifer, the angel of light. Oh, exactly, exactly. What That's he tries to convince people is that mankind doesn't need God, and certainly doesn't need God's intercessor, God's son, Jesus. Exactly. It, that mankind, he tries to teach mankind that man, men, by their own efforts, is going to be able to gain salvation. And when you're talking on the international level, that means a world of peace and harmony, etc., etc. So the Satan tries to convince people that he's really Lucifer, the, the good angel of light. And that's why, for example, in Masonry, you know, the Freemasons, they date their years A.L., not A.D., A.L. means Anno Lucius, the year af after Lucifer fell to earth. 
A-L. My Lord. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's another thing I was going to bring up also. I believe most people that are in Freemasonry are, are basically good, honest, hardworking people, but they don't realize what's at the top. And I believe as they progress into it and are initiated more and more, then this revelation will come. But by that time, they have allowed so much darkness to come in until they're totally deceived. You're exactly right. See, also, masonry is all in my family. My grandfather was a mason. My mother is still trapped in the female branch of it, Eastern, Eastern Star. Star. Eastern Star. And they're not dark, evil conspirators. The very purpose of masonry, the only accurate way to look at any of these secret societies, is it's the most successful system of deception ever devised to deceive good men. If you're going to have a successful secret society, especially in America, you have to be able to attract and hold good men, the pillars of society. Exactly. If you're a Satanist, and you go out and say, I'm a Satanist, I want everybody to come join my Satan club. Nobody's going to show up. <laughs> You're not going to have a successful secret society. And when you look at my book, it looks it takes a look at it from a historical perspective. They have honed and refined this ability to deceive over centuries to where they've really got it down now. To where when you first go into masonry, here's the only mistake you make, the only possible way you would know you were making a mistake is you take the following three blood oaths. In the first degree of masonry, and every mason uh, in the history of U.S. masonry has taken these three oaths. In the first degree, you swear to slit the throat of the fellow mason who reveals any of the secrets. In the second degree of masonry, you swear to cut the heart out while it's beating of any brother mason that reveals the secrets. And in the third degree of masonry, you swear to disembowel the unfortunate brother mason who might reveal the secrets of masonry. Now, when you go in, you're told, now look, these are just old superstitious things that we say. We don't really mean them, but we have to say them anyway. Just say them and get it over with, and then we'll all have fun. That's what they tell them. I've heard, I've had people yes. tell me that. Anyway, but that's the mistake of the deception. they make, because, of course, Jesus told us we're to swear no oaths at all, much less horrible blood oaths. And where it goes from there, for example, is that once you get up to the 13th degree of masonry, it's called the Royal Arts degree. This is the degree to which they try to get all your local judicial establishment ascended to, your sheriff, your district attorney, your judge, etc., etc. They all try to get them up to the Royal Arch. Why? Because at that degree, you have to swear to get any brother mason off of any crime, even if it's murder or treason. Mm. So this is what they called, back in the South, this was the absolutely center, the core of what they called the good old boy system in the South. Mm. And that's what it meant. It meant if you were a Mason, you don't have to worry about ever going to jail for anything. Mm -mm -mm. It's, it's so incredible, and I, I recommend this book. I've read it, and I've gotten this <laughs> underlined, but there's so, so much um, information in here. And it's called New World Order, The Ancient Plan of Secret Societies by Mr. William T. Steele. It's in your bookstores. You can call the 800 number. And that number is 1-800-749-4009. I'd like for you to comment on before we uh, run out of time. And I mentioned earlier about the Illuminati. And you got a section in your book also concerning Freemasonry and its link and how the, uh, the Illuminati created Freemasonry in order to continue their work 
to bring this about and it all ties in so perfectly with the worship and you also was commenting about the the pantheism because if man is going to accept that lie that Satan told Eve in the Garden of Eden that ye are gods right. then it's going to be a natural thing for the world to worship the Antichrist could you kind of tie in Freemasonry's uh, link to this um, uh, uh, Freemasonry um, it's, it's probably the most controversial side of all of this because there's so many fine people involved in the order and I, I've got friends in it myself and I've been talking to them some of them have now gotten out um, yeah, that's why I want you to kind of touch on that, because I like for people to be aware. There's a lot of people who are contemplating joining the Freemasonry. Sure. Well, what I did was I devoted one chapter in my book almost exclusively just to quotes coming from Masonic books, giving the page numbers and everything, because I want people, I want Masons to look it up for themselves so they realize I'm telling the truth. Freemasonry goes way back. Its history goes back to the Knights Templars and beyond of the, of the Middle Ages. The Knights Templars uh, claimed to take their teachings from the Gnostics, who were, of course, the chief adversaries to the Apostle Paul. They followed the early Christians around and persecuted them. Freemasonry very proudly boasts of the fact that they are descendants uh, of the Gnostics, that, that the teachings of the Gnostics have been passed down to them through a series of organizations in between. Uh, much like Christianity has survived down through the ages uh, to get to the present point, there's a parallel, an occult parallel to this, and that is today in Freemasonry. Uh, if you read the book Morals and Dogma, written by Albert Pike, who for 32 years was the leader of Freemasonry, he comes straight out and says this. This is not something I'm guessing about, but he's very open about this. Um, in the late 1700s, an organization known as the Illuminati uh, really developed as a type of offshoot of high Freemasonry. The term Illuminati comes from the illuminated ones or the enlightened ones. These were the people in high Freemasonry, high up in the order, who had been initiated into the secret teachings of Lucifer, who they uh, considered as being their source of light. And that's where the term Illuminati comes from, to illuminate or to enlighten. Um, it was very evil, uh, to say the least. They, they were very hostile toward Christianity. They took special delight in duping Christians, uh, well-meaning Christians, into actually supporting their organization without realizing what they were getting involved in. And I think a lot of that ha is happening today with the World Council of Churches. There's a heavy uh, influence of Freemasonry in it. And a lot of well-meaning Christians, I think, have gotten involved in pushing for this one-world government, think thinking they're doing the right thing. The term, the New World Order, originated with the Illuminati. That is when it was first used, to the best of my knowledge. The term, the New Age, which has become uh, a term used in reference to the spiritual side of this One World Movement, that also originated within Freemasonry. In fact, until two years ago, the magazine for the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, the southern jurisdiction, was called the New Age Magazine. It changed its name about two years ago to the Scottish Rite Journal. Uh, but there are all, all this terminology that I ran across in Freemasonry fascinated me because there's all the exact same terminology used by those people at the forefront of the world government movement today. And I believe this is no coincidence. Also, uh, just another point to uh, bring out, the Warren Commission, which investigated the assassination of JFK, was heavily Masonic. Earl Warren, uh, the Supreme Court Justice at that time, was the, the Grand Master of the Grand Lodge of California, Freemasonry. He was the highest-ranking Freemason in California. 
Gerald Ford, who later became president, who was also on that uh, commission, was one of the highest ranking Freemasons in the world. Back during the 60s and early 70s, when many of the decisions were made by our Supreme Court that have affected Christianity negatively to this point, during that time, eight out of the nine Supreme Court justices were Masons. Mm. So all these interesting facts that I dug up, and I began to put two and two together and see why the world was headed in the direction that it was. But Freemasonry uh, is an attempt to try to bring all the religions of the world under a single umbrella. Uh, in Freemasonry, it is taught that Jesus Christ is not the only way. In fact, um, the name of Jesus is taken out of the Masonic Bible, which right there should be a clue to Masons when, when they first get into the order. And, you know, this is necessary all for them to succeed in the effort of bringing about this world government. Somehow you had to bring the religions of the world together. And they are doing that, and they are providing the umbrella for, for doing that. But as you get higher and higher up in the order, you see more and more Eastern mysticism creeping in. And ultimately, when you get to the top, you have talk of Lucifer. Page 321 of Morals and Dogma talks about Lucifer as being the source of, um, of inspiration uh, or the source of light. And also on page 48 of a book called The Lost Keys of Freemasonry, written by Manly P. Hall, he comes out and talks about Lucifer as well in a similar fashion. So all the documentation is there. It's just that uh, people low in the organization who are not very high up in it, they are not told about these things. And those high up in the order, they hide behind the good works of Freemasonry. And these millions of people who give hours and hours of their time devoted to children's hospitals and all kinds of good works. And what I say, what I recommend is continue to do those good works if you are a Mason. However, don't do it under the auspices of the organization. Leave the organization, but keep doing those good works and give the honor and glory to Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, Gary, I see our time is just about out, and I really, it's fascinating talking to you, and I'm recommending that everyone get out and get a copy of this book. Jerome, I, I have an 800 number. Can I give that Oh, out? sure. Go ahead. Uh, the following number, uh, if you dial it Monday through Friday during business hours, Central Standard Time, you can get the book directly from the publisher. The number is 1-800-749-4009. 1-800-749-4009. And the book is also available through most Christian bookstores. If it's not on the shelf yet, you can order it directly. Just make sure that you tell the clerk that the title is spelled with an E. The first word of the title is spelled E-N, not I-N or O-N. That's been a bit of a problem, so I need to explain that. Okay. It's spelled E-N. Uh, it is N route to global occupation. If you tell that to the clerk at the checkout counter, they should have no problem at all looking the book up and ordering it for you. Again, my last name is spelled K-A-H, is Ka, and the book is by Huntington House Publishers. Well also quote the same prayer at harmonic convergence right which they have i think like twice a year or something like that and then in, in the one part of your book you have come lucifer and how you tied us all in with Luc with the worship of lucifer with the new age movement and uh and don't you think even freemasonry as be is being used to uh to spearhead all of these movements together to bring mankind to the initiation? Because you talk about this extensively in Doctrines of the New Age. Yes, because you see, Lucifer claimed to be the father of light. 
the pagans, the ancient mystery religions of Babylon and such, and the Romans, the Greeks, the Egyptians, worshipped Lucifer really under the guise of the sun god. He sends his points of light to planet Earth. All tied in the thousand points of light. Right. Because he's the great sun god mm. that was worshipped. Mm, mm, now, mm. we may think it's ridiculous to worship the sun, but you see, they didn't really worship the sun. They just believe the sun represented their god. He, the sun was a symbol, just like the cross is a symbol for us. Mm -hmm. They said their god was the god of light. Now, the Freemasons believe also in this god of light. They do not believe in Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not saying that some Masons, very confused people, don't believe in Jesus. I'm simply stating that the official religion of Freemasonry, which you must agree to, if you're going to get to the highest level of Freemasonry, the 33rd degree of the Scottish Rite Masons, believes in this religion of the great God of light. And they believe that the serpent is another uh, symbol. Let me, let me give you an example. Now, everybody out there, I'm sure, is saying, that can't, that can't be. I mean, Freemasons, they're nice people and all that. They, they, they can't believe in this. Well, many of them have been duped and, and tricked into joining Freemasonry. Mm -hmm. Any Christian who, is, who has been tricked into joining Freemasonry should get a copy of a book called A Bridge to Light. Now, doesn't that sound nice? Mm. <laughs> a Bridge to Light, published in 1988 by the Masonic headquarters itself, the Supreme Mother Council. Now, what does that tell you? The Mother Council? Mm -hmm. 33rd degree, accepted... Scottish Rite Freemasonry, Washington, D.C., they published this book, A Bridge to Light. Its author is Rex Hutchins, 32nd degree Freemason. In it, they, they, they actually summarize what the candidate must know and agree to for the first 32 degrees of Freemasonry. And would you believe that one of the requirements for a higher level Mason is to agree that the Holy Spirit is the serpent. What? That's in their actual <laughs> official textbook. My a bridge to light. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. By the way, the cover of this book is an oriental picture showing these oriental men. So here you have the Eastern religion, the Eastern mystical religion being pushed. So, and by the way, uh, in the, the degree for the 32nd degree, it, it states right in the book by Rex Hutchins that the Hindu religious rituals are the same rituals as for the 32nd degree of Freemasonry. So it all ties right in. Because, you see, the Hindus worship this sun god mm, mm -hmm. under other names. So there is a great connection today, this, this thousand points of light of George Bush, the Skull and Bone Society that he's a member of, it is actually an a offshoot, a branch, you might say, of Freemasonry. Mm. It's, it's so it's so amazing. Take the time just fly. I tell you, I don't. <laughs> you know, but the, the last few moments we have, I just like for you to just kind of 